Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse 1. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the ground, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them, the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus Entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of the Lord. Lord, we thank you that you hear our prayers, and uh, we thank you that we can gather today to hear a word from you, to, to sing, to praise you. Uh, we're just excited to be here and to celebrate uh, Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. Uh, we celebrate you, Father, and your Son. It's in his name we pray, Jesus Christ. Amen. So today is Palm Sunday. Next Sunday is Easter, and uh, it's a special day in the church calendar, right? We call it the, the triumphant entry, the triumphal entry, kind of Jesus riding on a donkey into Jerusalem. And as I was thinking about this passage, I was thinking, you know, there's a character that doesn't get quite enough time in the spotlight, uh, that, that's sort of with Jesus, kind of supporting Jesus, a supporting cast member. Uh, but when did we just stop and talk about the donkey? Right? And I know that's what you're all thinking about. Like, oh, I want to hear a sermon about donkeys on Palm Sunday. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at the donkey. And I hope that the donkey will surprise you. Because uh, I was reading, I was doing some reading for my doctorate of ministry program, and I read a little bit from this author, and he brought out like all these things about the donkey that I just never thought about. Uh, And so I'm excited to share kind of my deep dive into donkey theology uh, with you this morning. Um, And maybe you're wondering, like, why should I care about donkeys? Why are you so interested in donkeys? Are we going to have a donkey ministry at Cornerstone? Maybe you've heard of Dominic, the Italian Christmas donkey. Has anyone heard of Dominic, the Italian Christmas donkey. <laughs> uh, maybe he's captured your imagination. Uh, he carried gifts for Santa because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy. I did not know this about reindeer, but apparently they don't climb hills well in Italy. Or maybe you've sung the Christmas song, What Child Is, is This?, which sings, Where Ox and Donkeys Are Feeding. And some of you know, that's not the true lyrics. Maybe you've seen Shrek. Any of you seen Shrek? I enjoyed Shrek. It was like the first kind of like CGI funny uh, movie that came out. There's Shrek and there's Donkey. He says, you know, he says, you might have seen a housefly. 
maybe even a superfly, but I bet you ain't never seen a donkey fly. And if you don't know what that means, you've got to watch Shrek. There's like seven of them by now, so you should be able to watch one of them. Maybe you can think of a, a Bible story, so, right? We've got the triumphal entry, Jesus riding on a donkey into Jerusalem. Can you think of any other Bible story where there's a donkey? Maybe like Mary and Joseph? What's that? Mary on the donkey riding, that's actually false, but good, good try. There's actually this, uh, this Christmas song called Jog Along Little Donkey. It's completely propaganda, fake news. Uh, sorry, Jenny. I had a feeling someone would say that, so I'm going to dispel that myth once and for all. There is no mention of a donkey carrying Mary. She might have even walked all the way to Bethlehem, which is probably why she gave birth after arriving. Actually, I want to go back to an even earlier entry in the Bible, where the story of the donkey starts. So we're going to go back all the way to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 22. And I'm not going to have any Bible verses on the screen, but you can look in your Bible if you want, or you can write them down and look them up later. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 through 3. I want to read you this story about a guy named Abraham and his son Isaac, just a couple verses. It says, After these things, God tested Abraham. God said to Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I tell you. I don't miss the donkey, here he comes. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. So maybe you remember this story, right? There's the forefather of the Israelites, Abraham, and he didn't have a child until 100 years old. In fact, him and his wife couldn't have a child for a long time. And then God said, I'm going to give you a child, like the supernatural gift of grace. And when he gets the child, God says, oh, now go and sacrifice your child. This is a huge test. And so, what do they do? They load up on their donkey, they take their servants, and they go to Mount Moriah. Now, if you look at the donkey and his place in this story, he is not the sacrifice. Isaac is the sacrifice. And I don't know if the donkey carried Isaac. It's likely he didn't carry Abraham, because donkeys can only carry about 125 pounds, More likely, I think, he probably carried the wood for the offering. Because it says when he got to like the base of the mountain, Abraham put the wood on Isaac, and they went up the mountain together, and they left the servants and the donkey behind. And so what we find here is this interesting, kind of beautiful parallel with what happens in the gospel account, where there is a donkey coming to a mountain carrying the offering for a sacrifice, at least the wood. And if you know the Old Testament, Mount Moriah, where they went, actually is Jerusalem. (laughs) It's the Jerusalem. They were riding towards Jerusalem to offer a sacrifice on that mountain. You know the story of the Bible, Calvary is outside of Jerusalem on a hill, right? And so, like when Abraham's donkey carried the wood for the sacrifice to the future home of Jerusalem... The donkey at the triumphant entry is carrying another sacrifice. This time, the true and final sacrifice. 
to the same city, (laughs) the same place of Calvary. God provides a ram to save Isaac, and he provides the Lamb of God to save you and me. And so, I've created a list of five things I love about donkeys. (laughs) The first one ties into this. The donkeys, number one, can carry heavy burdens. Donkeys can carry heavy burdens. Who doesn't love a good donkey? And when you think of donkeys, you think of something that's sturdy, right, that can carry a burden. They're called a beast of burden. And in the opening passages of Genesis, right in this story, what do we find? We find a donkey carrying a literal heavy burden, some wood, potentially Isaac. But he's foreshadowing like the, the great, 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 great grand donkey <laughs> carrying the true and ultimate sacrifice, Jesus Christ, a much heavier load, the Savior of the world. So the first thing I love about donkeys, and hopefully you'll love this about donkeys too, is that they can carry heavy burdens. And number two, the donkeys actually are faithful even when frightened. Now if you were to look at kind of our story of the entry into Jerusalem, Matthew's account is the only one that mentions not one, but two donkeys. There's a mother donkey, and there's a colt donkey, like a baby donkey. It's probably three to four years old, has never been ridden before, and that's the one that Jesus rides into Jerusalem. Because donkeys are known for being, you know, a little skittish, right? Like, you've heard of like a stubborn donkey where it will stop and they won't go forward? Well... There's a reason for that, right? They sense that something uh, bad is ahead. And this, this colt donkey would have been scared because, right, there's crowds. There's the disciples around Jesus shouting, Hosanna, God saves us. And then they're, they're walking into Jerusalem. They're riding into Jerusalem. Well, Jesus is riding into Jerusalem, and there's even more crowds. There's the city, and they're, they're shouting. They're waving palm branches. They're laying down cloaks. This would have been a prime opportunity for that colt donkey to just stop. But instead, had the mother come along. So donkey's faithful even when frightened. If I were a donkey, that's the kind of donkey that I would want to be. You can pray this week. This can be like a sermon application. Lord, would you make me into a faithful donkey? Would I be faithful even when I'm scared, when I'm frightened? Donkeys, like I found this online, are, are safety conscience. One of the stories we've been reading in the Bible... Uh, It comes in Numbers 22. Maybe you've uh, heard this story recently, the story of Balaam and his donkey. This is a story that we've been telling in our household because Elijah really likes it. So I'm going to tell it to you like I've been telling it to to Elijah. All right, there was once uh, a man named Balaam. Balaam was a prophet. He talked to God. There was this bad king who made bad decisions who wanted to hire Balaam to go and curse, to say bad things, mean things about God's children, the people of Israel. And this king, he went to Balaam, tried to hire him, and first Balaam said, no, 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 I will not go with you to curse the children of Israel. But, you know, the king came back again, and Balaam's like, okay, I'll go. If you give me enough money or you put enough pressure, I'll go. See, Balaam was about to make a very bad decision to curse the children of God. And so he gets on his donkey and he begins to ride to go and do this bad thing. And as they're riding along on the path, 
Balaam's donkey sees an angel that God has sent standing in the path, ready to stop Balaam, to actually kill him. And so the donkey goes, ee-aw, 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 and goes off the, off the path. And Balaam is not nice. Balaam hits the donkey, makes the donkey go back on the trail. He wounds the donkey. And then the donkey and Balaam keep going, and you see the, 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 the donkey sees the angel standing in the path again. And he goes, ee-aw, ee-aw, ee-aw. Goes off the path, and then Balaam hits the donkey again. He is not making a good decision. He is not nice. He is a bully goat, as we would say in our household. And a third time, the donkey is carrying Balaam down the path, and this time there's no exit to the left, there's no exit to the right, and the angel is standing in the path ready to punish Balaam for making a bad decision and disobeying God. And the donkey sits down. And Balaam takes out his staff and begins to hurt the donkey and make a bad decision. And at this point, the the donkey talks. The donkey says, why are you hitting me? (laughs) And Balaam doesn't say, wow, a talking donkey. (laughs) Instead, Balaam says, because you've disobeyed me and I'm going to kill you with my sword if I had a sword. Come on, Balaam, your donkey's talking to you. And the donkey says, it was kind of fun to imagine, like, what's the, the donkey's accent? Maybe he's British, you know. So why, why are you hitting me? I've been a nice donkey. Uh, I didn't practice that. <laughs> he says, haven't I been a good donkey all your life? Do I normally treat you this way? And then God opens Balaam's eyes Balaam sees that there is an angel standing in the pathway that almost killed him. Balaam falls on his face and says he's sorry. And then Balaam makes a good decision, and he goes and he blesses the children of God, the Israelites, instead of cursing them. We really like that story in our house. But I think the story actually points to Jesus. See, Balaam's donkey saved Balaam's life at cost to himself. Three times Balaam wounded the donkey. Three times the donkey saved Balaam. The donkey bore the wounds so that Balaam might live. In fact, the donkey took Balaam's curses so that Balaam wouldn't have to take God's curse. See, Balaam is a Christ figure. Now, the donkey is is a Christ figure. Balaam's donkey points forward to Jesus, who takes our wounds so that we won't have to, who bears the brunt of God's curse so that you and I can be blessed, so that we can fall on our faces and say, you know what, God, we're sorry. Have mercy on us. So that's why I love donkeys. (laughs) They bear, they're very, you know, they bear heavy burdens, but they're faithful, even when frightened. And then this Balaam donkey, Balaam's donkey, it's like a Christ figure, points to Jesus. And that kind of leads me into my third reason of why I love donkeys. The donkeys are symbols of rescue. Donkeys are symbols of rescue. 
I haven't gotten very far in this donkey history, uh, but we're going to go back to Genesis again. So we were kind of in Genesis, we jumped to Numbers, we're going back to Genesis, because there are three patriarchs of the Hebrew people, right? There's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons that become the 12 tribes of Israel. And when Jacob is lying on his deathbed in Genesis chapter 49, verses 10 through 11, so Genesis 49, 10 through 11, he's like blessing his 12 sons. And he blesses the tribe of Judah as a royal tribe. And he promises them that through the line of Judah will come a king. I'm just going to read it. You can look at it if you want. But Genesis 49, 10 through 11 says this. It says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until tribute comes to him, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples, binding his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He has washed his garments in wine and his vesture in the blood of grapes. So do you hear that? There's this prophecy of there's going to be a king that comes to the tribe of Judah and he's going to bind his foal to the vine? That means there's going to be so much fruit and abundance and vines everywhere. Like typically you're like, I'm not going to bind, like, like leash my donkey to like my crop. That seems just like a bad idea if you want to destroy your crop. But if it's so fruitful and so abundant, there's nowhere else to bind your donkey to kind of rope him up to the choice Vine. And so we see that there's going to be this promised king where there's just abundance. But then also there's a little hint of how that abundance comes about. He has washed his garments in wine and his vesture in the blood of grapes. Like, why would, why would Jacob use that phrasing, the blood of grapes? This word for blood is the Hebrew word for blood. <laughs> it's not like fruit juice. It's just blood of grapes. And so somehow we see like this, this season of abundance coming about through bloodshed, through the vine. And then we actually see kind of Jesus fulfill this at the Last Supper, right? He says, this is my body broken for you, and this is my blood shed for you. He brings up the cup, which is a cup of not fruit juice, but wine. See, donkeys are a symbol of rescue. It's pointing us to this coming Savior, this coming King, this coming Rescuer. And this theme of like the donkey sort of being a a symbol of rescue is actually kind of more common in the Old Testament than you might realize. You guys heard of Samson, right? He's that really ripped guy. He's like shredded. He's like that Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of guy. Really strong. You guys don't even know who that is, do you? Okay, you do. Okay. Right? He wasn't a good guy, not at all. Uh, but there's this scene where he defeats a thousand Philistines with a donkey's jawbone. He takes up a jawbone and he slays a thousand Philistines, the enemies of God, the enemies of Israel, to rescue them. This jawbone, it's not even the whole donkey, it's just the donkey's jawbone becomes a symbol of rescue. And then in 1 Samuel 25, there's this foolish man named Nabal. Don't name your kid Nabal. It means something bad. I think it means like stupid or something like that. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm checking out my, my, my reference teacher back there. 
Uh, this guy named Nabal verbally assaults the future king of Israel, King David. He just, like, David asks for help, and he's just like, blah, 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 blah. Very inappropriate. And uh, David's really mad, really upset, and he's going to take his men and kill Nabal. Uh, but then Nabal's wife, Abigail, is just like an amazing woman. She hears about what Nabal did. She loads up her donkey with grain and raisins and figs and takes the whole load to David says, like, hey, we're sorry, <laughs> please take these. The donkey is bearing kind of the salvation to, uh, for Nabal and actually for David, too, as he sustains David. And, of course, when Nabal realizes what he's done, he actually has a heart attack and dies. And then after that, Abigail and, uh, Abigail and David get married. So not only are donkeys a symbol of rescue, but they're a symbol of romance. <laughs> they're a symbol of love and matchmaking. So, you know... If you need to get your wife something special for Valentine's Day or her birthday, just get her a little donkey figurine. I'm going to do it. <laughs> just kidding. I'm, I'm not going to do that. So why do we love donkeys, right? They can carry heavy burdens. We're thinking about Christ. They're faithful even when frightened. We're thinking of Balaam. They're a symbol of rescue. Donkeys are a surprising sign of royalty, number four. Donkeys are a surprising sign of royalty. So there's this king, greatest king of Israel. When King David is dying, he declares that his son Solomon will be king. Uh, and to show he was king, a priest, a prophet, and a commander of an army, Solomon's kind of uh, entourage, they take, or King David's entourage, they take, they take Solomon and they place him on a mule, which is essentially a donkey, and then they prayed him about, declaring him to be the true king. So Zadok the priest, this is 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 38 through 39. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada, and the Cherethites and Pelhites, went down and had Solomon ride on King David's mule, and brought him to Gihon. And then Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the tent and anointed Solomon. Then they blew the trumpet, and all the people said, Long live King Solomon. You know what the word uh, Messiah means, it means anointed one. And we say the word Messiah all the time in the New Testament. It's the Greek word Christ, right? So here we see the Christ figure riding on a donkey being paraded about. Trumpets are blown, and the people shout, Long live King Solomon. You think of another king that rode into a city, an anointed one, who the people shouted about. Donkeys are a surprising symbol of power and royalty because, like, when you think about them, you don't think, like, oh, man, majestic donkeys. <laughs> Unless you've seen Shrek, I guess. You don't typically ride a donkey to impress others. And this is especially surprising when Zechariah, the prophet, prophesies that Israel's final and true king will enter into Jerusalem riding a colt, a young donkey, Zechariah 9, 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. The crowds did just that. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus fulfills this passage when he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. 
You know, he could have walked into Jerusalem. Jesus did not ride a donkey normally. He walked, and his disciples walked everywhere they went. He purposefully chose a donkey to make a statement, to finally publicly declare, I am the king. This is probably one of the things that got him killed. This is probably one of the reasons that the authorities said, we have to take him out. When you think of something that's majestic and amazing, you think of like a stallion, right? Like in Shrek 2, donkey actually turns into a stallion at one point. And even, even if you look out into our world in today's leaders, like what do they ride? Uh, the North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un, he likes to ride a bulletproof train stocked with wine and cheese. Goes 37 miles per hour. Vladimir Putin, have you seen any of his memes, right, where he's riding shirtless on a horse, showing how powerful, and I almost put that on the screen today. You guys can, uh, there was no good images that were like free, so you can thank God for that. (laughs) Otherwise, you would have seen Putin shirtless this morning. How about our American presidents, right? They ride Air Force One, Marine One, and armored limos. Does that say humility, weakness, service? It says power, dominance, and protection. See, Jesus is a different kind of king. He's a surprising kind of king. He, donkeys are humble, <laughs> meek, stubborn, and kind, and Jesus is kind of all those things too. Jesus rode into Jerusalem. His disciples were cheering. They were saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna in the highest, which means save us now. And that's what Jesus came to do, but he did not come to do it with armored limos. Jesus came to do it by dying on a cross. He is the humble king, the rescuer. And so this causes us to pause and ask ourselves a hard question. Who do I make Jesus into? Right? Do I worship him because of those ways that I think he can protect me? Right? That he's the a king of riding a, you know, a helicopter. He's the one in charge. Therefore, you know, I'm going to go to him because he'll give me what I want or he'll keep me safe. Or do we just kind of recognize that this, this, this king is just completely different. He's just kind of turning the world's expectations upside down of what it means to be in charge, what it means to be a ruler, what it means to be king, humble and riding on a donkey to the place of crucifixion. So five things I love about donkeys. Donkeys carry heavy burdens. They're faithful even when frightened. Balaam. Donkeys are symbols of rescue, and donkeys are a sign of like, surprising royalty, like humility. And my last one. If a donkey can point to Jesus and serve him, I can too. <laughs> we can too. See, actually... We don't want to walk away this, from this sermon singing an ode to a donkey. We want to walk away praising the one that the donkey carried, that the donkey pointed to, that the donkey served. Yeah, a donkey can carry heavy burdens, but Jesus is the one who, who took the burden. Right? Jesus is the one who took the sin, the wrath of God. Jesus is the one who was faithful, even when frightened. 
Jesus experienced human emotions. And it says in the garden before he was crucified that he was in deep anguish. Because he was facing that angel, right? He was facing the punishment. He walked forward to bear the final sacrifice, to be the final sacrifice for us. And that's what enabled him to become the rescuer. And ultimately, he is the king. See, our our donkey points to Jesus, and that's who we want to walk away from today pointing to as well. To say, you know, the scriptures whispered Jesus' name, and so do like all the stories of donkeys pointing forward to Christ. And so here's my kind of takeaway, and that's praise the king and be a donkey. Be a donkey. You might be just the kind of donkey Jesus can use. (laughs) Maybe you bear a lot on your shoulders. Maybe you're easily frightened. You sound like the perfect kind of donkey. Maybe you see what people need, how they need Jesus, or there's practical things you can help them with. We can tell them and we can we can be we can embody rescue. As we do those things, right? Like with living waters yesterday. We're just trying to be donkeys. And then we tell them about Jesus. We tell them about the ultimate rescuer, the, the ultimate donkey rider. Maybe you think, well, Jesus could never use me. Well, if, like God, if, if Samson can use a, the jawbone of a donkey to bring about rescue, God can use you. You're in much better hands than Samson's hands. You're in God's hands. And you know what? There is another word for donkeys. God can use those people too. (laughs) I know because he uses me. So let me leave you with this. Praise the king. Be a donkey for Jesus. Whatever he asks of you, just go. Go and carry the king. Be a donkey. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you that we can be donkeys for you. Thank you for riding on that donkey 2,000 years ago. You rode toward the, the sacrifice. You rode toward the cross, not away from it. You knew what was going to happen. Isaac didn't know, but you knew, Jesus, and you went forward. Thank you for carrying our burden, our sin, to the cross. And and burying it and forgiving us. I pray that we would have our minds set on you this week. That we would enjoy your presence. And that we would, in some small way, be a donkey. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.